I'm Katie. I'm Kylie. And this is You're Not Paranoid. Hey, it's Kylie here. We're live with You're Not... I'm just kidding. <laughs> Are we get auctioning off something? No, I just wanted to start out lively because we're so quiet. <laughs> quiet for a minute. We're quiet. We're quiet. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> just because we never started like upbeat and... You know, so it's like do the opposite. Mm-hmm. It'll start out super everyone. upbeat and then end up like sad and upset. Oh, you know, that's true. Or like, whoa, or mind blown, but mm. for sure, you know, for sure, for sure. I'm just gonna say for sure, and then it like automatically assumes you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, for Regar- sure, <laughs> regardless of what I'm talking about. Oh, for sure, it just sure. like reassures you that you know, but you mm, don't know. You don't know. Yeah, it, you might not know. Maybe you mm. do know, mm. but we'll you'll know soon. <laughs> I'm going to tell you about it. All right. <laughs> oh, man. Welcome back <sighs> Welcome to another back. episode of You're Not Paranoid. Mm-hmm. The podcast of all things that we're freaked out by mm-hmm. or curious about. Mm-hmm. And maybe you are, too. Yeah. So that's why you're here to listen with us. Free therapy for everyone. It's oh, and the way it should be. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. And mm-hmm. we're also not licensed professionals, nor are we... <laughs> I was like, maybe we yeah. should start saying the, this because the facts and opinions stated in this podcast no way reflect the <laughs> yeah. Well, they reflect us because they're us yeah. talking, but they're not. They're we have not no to one be... else to uh, adhere to. Correct, and also their opinions and should not be taken as fact most of the time. Please consult uh, your doctor or therapist or psychiatrist or Parents. local law enforcement uh, before. Doing any of the things we say. Maybe your medium or the higher powers, yeah. etc. Check in with yourself. Mm-hmm. Follow your gut. <laughs> all the above. Um, but yeah, please don't do something crazy and blame us for it because we will not be held accountable and this is our release for that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and today... Today... Uh, we're talking about some gnarly ass stuff. Mm-hmm. Super heavy and or crazy etc so welcome welcome are you ready for it in the worst way possible am i or the the all of you audience are we ready for this <sighs> probably not yeah but yes but we're gonna do it anyways because that's what this is for mm-hmm. it's important to talk about let's do it what's this episode about katie uh this one is entitled uh was it how to outsmart a serial killer something like that yeah okay because i kind of went a different way oh that's good because i was afraid (laughs) that you might do the exact same story as me because that's kind of how i came up by it came upon it was that was the name of the article oh and and so i was like "Uh uh-oh she googles this and and just goes for it we might have the same story yeah because i remember i think it's in our survivor episode Mm -hmm. i did one that would would kind of fit this Mm -hmm. so if you want to listen to that you can go check it out so that's why i kind of went a different way Ooh, cool like the survivor story yeah so because the survivor story i talked about in the survivor episode was basically a group of women outsmarting a serial killer i i'm pretty sure i did that the same story that you told and i forgot Uh oh (laughs) i'm just kidding i hope not (laughs) i hope not (laughs) but anyways so go back and listen to that if you haven't mm-hmm. listened already. 
Yeah. For all you newbies. I don't like the word newbie. For all you new listeners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get on it. In the past. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go first? I'm excited. Sure. Yay. <laughs> I kind of. That was the easiest agreement <laughs> we've made today. But I'm like, no. <laughs> I actually want to keep all of this information to myself and I will not be sharing it. Well, we're going to arm muscle for it. Ready? Go. Yeah. Oh, you're left-handed, so I can't even oh, do yeah. it like that. Wait, so does that mean I have to go my weekend or you have to go your weekend? Well, neither way would be very fair. So I think we'd have to do both <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I won, so Katie has to go first. Oh, man. Just kidding. In real, yeah. in real reality, Katie's definitely stronger than me. Mm, I don't think so. I'd be stoked to have you on my team if we got in a fight. Oh, almost Really? Yeah. I've never been in a fight before, and I'm scared of confrontation. I've never been in a street fight before. I've been in a refereed fight. Well, that's what I'm saying. I feel like you would probably be stronger. Oh, no. Stronger is not my thing. Huh. I feel... I feel like, well, you literally have claws. So I feel like you'd be fierce oh, yeah. in that regard. That's good. My nails are very long. Uh, I have to be mad to get into my mode. We call it bitch mode. Yeah. If anyone wants to fight us so we can see. <laughs> see, check, check out our street street smarts and abilities. Meet us on the corner of. And <laughs> blank we, and blank and we'll be there. They're like, what are you doing? It's like, we just want to see if we're like good at street fighting. How well are we able to survive if mm-hmm. needed to? Yeah, hopefully, just kidding. Yeah, we don't want to fight, but I was just saying it would be great if we ever did that. If you were there, I'd be happy with that. Thanks. Yeah, I hope I could offer that same thing. Well, I would think needed. Yes, you never know. Bachelorette parties, (laughs) any kind of parties coming up, you might have to fight some people. Hopefully not. Yeah. (laughs) Well, just fight with our words. Yeah. I'd also like you on my team for that. I feel like you have a good choice of words. Thank you. Like, I'm a... <laughs> <laughs> I'm a what? I'm going to kick you in the tabernacle. <laughs> you never know. I mean, if I have to. Yeah. Some Anyways. tabernacles will be broken. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, boy. If you don't know what we're talking about, listen to, let's say, the last, last episode mm-hmm. or next week. Maybe last week. Let's say last week. Okay. Last week's episode. You'll be, you'll get it, get a hoot out of that, kick <laughs> out of that. And now back to, we're back to the bad stuff. Yep. Um, so I kind of wanted to go the route because I don't, I know we've talked about serial killers and like true crime and murders and stuff, but mm-hmm. I don't know if we've really dived into the um, generalness of serial killers. Mm, not really. Because we never did one that was just about pseudo killers in general right i don't think so <laughs> okay good you mean like the psych or like yeah just like the general yeah if we have we'll just do a refresher okay <laughs> i feel like we maybe have a little bit I'm, about yeah, like like the, the warrior um, gene and like that kind of deal and like mind hunter type mm-hmm. so i remember you talking about that mm-hmm. but here we go yeah we can never learn enough as well i kind of that's yeah. kind of our mentality hence mm-hmm. while we're here so i wanted to start off by reassuring everyone who feels paranoid that you're not. <laughs> serial killers. Um, the UN Office of Drugs and Crime says that North American homicide rates are about 3.9 per 100,000, with a population of 464 million in North America. Your chance of being a victim of a serial killer is about 0.00039%. So... Don't worry too much. That's from the Huffington Post. 
But if you're in California, <laughs> the, the chances are 59 points. Oh, my no, God. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. No, but that one, I'm just thinking of that last ep- episode mm-hmm. you did, maybe like three episodes ago, mm-hmm. when you talked about the statistics yeah. of people, of unsolved crimes that I lose sleep over that. Yeah, and there's, I don't know, I don't have the stat, I don't think, on me, but there's the one of, like, how many, uh, like, times you walk by a murderer or a future murderer is, like, higher than you think or whatever. Yeah, we'll just go with that. We'll just, you know, it happens. You've probably walked by someone. Um, So there's four types of serial killers. Have oh. we talked about the types? No, just, okay. just I, I trust your judgment and let's just go for it. All right. Um, there's the visionary who believes uh, a person or entity is commanding them to kill. This is most likely from psychosis. Uh, mission oriented where they kill in order to, quote, rid society of a certain group. Um, there's the hedonistic, which is for personal pleasure. Ugh. And then there's the power slash control, which fantasizes about having power and seeks to dominate and control his victims. Which I feel like is a lot of them. Which I feel like the last two kind of are combined mm-hmm. together. Um, that was from thisinterestsme.com. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a nice website to uh, yeah. to peruse. Yes, but I did look up the types of serial killers, and there's other I, people I sh- saying that that's a real thing. Got it. So very bad. Yeah, um, and then of course the uh, etymology uh, is kind of controversial. Of like, who thought of it first? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's often contributed or attributed to the FBI special agent Robert Reisler, uh, who you coined the term serial homicide in 1974. However, Anne Rule says in her book, Kiss Me, Kill Me, the credit should go to LAPD detective Pierce Brooks, who created the Violent Criminal Apprehension Program in 1985. But then there's a German term by criminologist Peter Curtin as Syrian murder. (laughs) There's the umlauts over the O, and I don't speak German, so... You have to say it like, Syrianmode. Syrianmode. That's pretty good. Thank you. Uh, Which translates to serial murderer in 1930. Ooh, I believe them the most. Well, that was a little bit, yeah. I was going to say, if there's going to (laughs) be... You know why I say that. Because there were kind of some serial killers in Germany around that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um... It appears in the book, The Meaning of Murder in 1966. I don't know if that means him specifically or like it serial killer like in 1966, because that would be before uh, the FBI guy. Um, so some of the, the, thi- the general definition of what it means to be serial killer, because there's also um, spree killers and mass killers. Oy. Um, so what differentiates them is the timing Mm -hmm. between the murders. So like a spree would be like all at once. Um, and obviously mass would also be all at once. Um, and a serial killer, it's more uh, over time. Mm -hmm. They like enjoy it. Um, 
Dun, dun, dun. Oh, and then I guess because so now kind of going back to the theme of the overall episode. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know that I Survived is also now a podcast? <gasps> I did not. So that's so, excellent. There you go. Go listen. Go listen. And then I also thought, have you heard or listened to the Tenfold More Wicked? No. From Exactly Right Podcast Network? No. It's really good. It's by a researcher slash historian. Ooh. Um, Oh, what's her name? I didn't write it down. Uh, want me to be your fact checker? If you want. What's her? I, <laughs> I'm like, what's her name? I'll Google her. <laughs> it's something. Uh, what's the podcast called? Tenfold More Wicked. Tenfold. Uh, that's funny. In the way of like serial dilutions, like ten, <laughs> like the dilution. Yeah. Tenfold More Wicked. Is it Catherine Winkler Dawson? In the description, it doesn't even. Oh, Kate Dawson. Kate Dawson. So that's her. So that podcast is very good. And she also has a new one. Um, I don't know if it's by the same name. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, so the the Tenfold More Wicked, each season is about a different like serial killer. Ew. And then her spinoff one is talking to like the experts or people that have interviewed the serial killers to kind of like go more in depth. So it's definitely more difficult, but like for the first episode of that one, she interviews, um, the person who interviewed the BTK Mm. dude. Um, but her tenfold more wicked podcast is really good. The one season about, um, William Burke and William Hare. Mm hmm. The, I guess I didn't know this, but it's like a common phrase, like burking someone. It's like they like you'd sit on them and like suffocate them a certain way. So like it wouldn't leave any marks because Ooh. they would sell the body. This was in the 1800s. Oh. So they would sell the bodies to morgues um, or the universities. Voice. Right, right, right. Because um, you can make money off of them. But, you know, you couldn't really tell them that they were murdered. So it's like. Oh, they just died. We have another one. <laughs> yeah. So, Yikes. I mean, that's a really good um, episode. Episode. Or we'll <laughs> I feel like that's a great method. <laughs> Jeez, Katie. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, that's not great. Um, I was looking up the or doing the research for this episode. I found Quora. Have you heard of that website? It's like people yeah. asking questions, but I don't really know what it's about. They're usually dumb questions. Yeah. <laughs> but someone asked uh, what sort of early intervention could be done to prevent people from becoming serial killers. It's just like why, like, like the, people are going to know, <laughs> like, an answer. It's like a, it's like a community forum, right? Yeah. Like, it's like a, you ask the community, the community who maybe someone knows my answer. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was kind of funny. That, that is funny. Because people, the so the person that answered claims that they're a crime historian slash criminal profiler slash MS in forensic psychology. I'm sure. Um, and, well, no, just no. anyone could say that. I know. But it's kind of funny to be like, I'm the exact person you're looking yeah. for. It's like, I'm actually a serial killer. Yeah. Um, they say that it's we don't know basically well then they sound like legit because that's <laughs> totally true if they were going to give like yeah. an explanation i'm like they're full of poop because mm-hmm. we don't know for sure yeah we know there's things that do cause it mm-hmm. but preventing it's very difficult yeah but so that and their answer was kind of interesting it's kind of long but basically 
Um, she, or yeah, I guess it's she, um, did an internship for two years with kids who had behavioral and emotional issues from the ages of two to five. Uh, they had one kid that would stab the other kids with a fork and then laugh. Oy. Uh, he kept those forks and knives in his backpack and then would randomly attack kids. Oh. Um, but, and they were basically saying, like, you don't want to label these kids like this young, but at the same time, these are very like red flag behaviors that need to be, uh, corrected or somehow intervened upon. Yeah. Um, cause it, cause she was saying again, like that could be a precursor for a future serial killer, but they're five. So yeah. it's kind of like, how do you... It's like hurting animals, like all those mm-hmm. kinds of things. Not taking like safety seriously, mm. abuse. Yeah. So, I mean, then obviously like trying to get them out of like abusive households or um, she said also like intervening in juvenile delinquent um, like behaviors, centers... Um, and kind of introducing kids to like positive role models. Mm -hmm. But I mean, on the other side, it could like, it's probably good that they have camps and stuff like this for kids who are like that, Mm -hmm. that can be around the experts so that hopefully they are intervening at an appropriate time. Mm -hmm. But it's one of those things like same with like school, like teachers can be, um, like they can provide a safe haven, but when the kids still go back into the home, Mm -hmm. You know, that's where the, the troubles are. Mm-hmm. You know, but... I feel like, too, like kids are... Like, we talked about last, ep- last episode. Kids are way smarter than we give them credit mm-hmm. for. And so they'll know the difference between, like, a camp for fun and, like, something's wrong with you. So we're going to send you to this place with experts mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. So it's, like, hard. that's super hard. Ugh. Yeah. Um... And then I had some, where are they? Like historical mm-hmm. serial killers. If Just from Wikipedia, if you wanted to do those, or do you want to do your story? Or Oh, um, my story is quite long. I'm okay. just warning you. It's okay. like a specific story. Okay. No facts or like, not that's not <laughs> bad. <laughs> no, like background historical or anything like this. So it's, I'm glad that you took this route because I didn't, I just kind of went straight to a, like just a story. Okay. Yeah. So, so all you. Okay. Um, doop, doop, doop. Um, oh, this was kind of interesting. Like the history from Wikipedia was saying that some criminologists uh, think that the legends around werewolves and vampires are actually based off of like stories about medieval serial killers. Ooh. So it's almost like a euphemism type thing. Yeah. So I was like, that's kind of interesting. Because I mean, obviously like humans are humans. So you would assume there would be serial killers throughout the history. Right. Kind of like people talking about those who are, you know, LGBTQ. I think it's like I... Plus community. Like mm-hmm. there's like this isn't new. Mm-hmm. It's just more talked about. Yeah. Or different ways mm-hmm. people would talk about it. Exactly. So so that was kind of interesting. I there. don't know why I made that same reference. I'm sorry. That sounded horrible. I just made a, <laughs> <laughs> an analogy. I'm just talking about things that people consider historically mm-hmm. taboo. 
Yeah. Is what I was trying to say. No, yeah. That's obviously not the same. <laughs> just, just to give up. Happy Pride Month. Jeez. Everyone. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was just trying to make an example. Yeah. No. Happy Pride Month. <laughs> we get it. Okay, good. <laughs> um, doopy doo. So, the, well, I don't. This is a Finnish name. So, you're, I'm sorry. Mm hmm. Johanny. It's probably Johanny. I don't know. J U H A N I. I would say Johanny. Johanny. Ottomanpokai. Mm hmm. He is a serial killer, also oh. known as Kerpai Kerry, which means the executioner. Ugh. He was one of the most active serial killers in the 19th century and killed as many as 12 people in 1849 within five weeks before Ooh. being caught. Being a serial killer or fearing serial killers back in the day would be terrifying. There's no forensics in the same regard that we have today. Yeah, and I feel like it, a lot of communities were way more religious, so I'm assuming the spin would be like the devil's here. That's you know? a good... I can see why people would... Yeah, devil vampire werewolf mm -hmm. like that makes that witches yeah because it's like humans couldn't be like that yeah there has to be something else An outer power yeah controlling <laughs> outer power <laughs> yes. outside power i think mm -hmm. is what i was trying to say mm -hmm. outside force yes mm -hmm. um doopy doo oh this one was kind of weird um apparently Louis or Lou Penglee, sorry everyone. No, it's of okay. China, who was the nephew of the emperor at the time in the uh, sixth year of the middle period of the Jing dynasty or Jing's reign, mm -hmm. about 144 BC. So apparently, this dude, according to Chinese historians, he would go out, quote, on marauding expeditions with 20 or 30 slaves or with young men who are hiding from the law, murdering people and seizing their belongings for sheer sport. Ugh. So, and then, I mean, this was apparently well known, but it was not until the 29th year of the reign that the son of one of the victims finally sent, uh, like, a letter to the emperor and be like, dude, like, your nephew's, like, just out here killing people Kenny just fyi stop him you maybe like not do that wow um and they say that he had murdered at least 100 people um and the the officials from the court requested that he be executed but That's the emperor good. could not bear to have his own nephew killed so he was made a commoner and banished from the court so then he would get away with it further because then nobody cares yeah. that he's not royalty. Mm -hmm. What? I feel like I was like, as you were talking about these, I'm like, hmm, which kind of serial killer is this guy? So like that one would be the sport, the one like for, for pure pleasure. Yeah. Ugh. Gross. Slash control. I feel like they're all probably very fluid. Yeah. Like they go back and forth between them. Because then it's also like, are they... Like psychopaths or sociopaths or like, you know, because murdering someone mm -hmm. is. Can't be like, in the right mind yeah. for that. Yeah. 
It's not traditional thinking, as they say. (laughs) The wrong, they're thinking outside the wrong box. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of different ones. So I would highly suggest the Wikipedia entry on serial killer. Um, But the other one that I thought was interesting was the, and again, another country. So I'm not saying this right. Mm -hmm. The thuggy cult. T-H-U-G-G-E-E. Okay. In India. They have they may have murdered a million people between 1740 and 1840. Wow. So, and then the name Thug Behram, a member of the cult, may have murdered as many as 930 people. Wow. So it's all docu- it's just like documented? Or? I mean, there's um, citations Ooh. about it. I didn't hear what they said. She said something about, I just looked it up, you asshat. You can't do something, something. <laughs> My parents are fighting in the kitchen. Anywho's, I mean, there's, I don't know what happened here. Mm-hmm. No, it's okay. I was just curious. Yeah. But I mean. that's. I think like serial killers are scary as it is, but like a killing group. Cult. Yeah. That's like a million people in a hundred years. Yeah. That would actually be something that'd be interesting to read more. And then just looking at the citations. Yeah. If you ever want a book list on serial killers. Oh boy. This is pretty interesting. I mean, it goes to show too, like when you talk about serial killers, it's like, would war be considered serial killing? I would say yes, but then it's uh, deemed like, okay. Ooh, you know what I mean? That's that's scary. You can murder some. It's okay to murder people when it's for your country, for your own cause. Yeah. Ah. Uh, you know yeah. what I mean? Because I mean, you are killing someone. It's just like for a belief. Yeah. And there's that's like, really scary cons. Like I know we're so used to talking about mm-hmm. war, kind of like how I talk about. This is also not an appropriate analogy, but like electricity and cars and stuff. I'm like, how did we get here? Like we still talk, we talk about war because it's such a common, like normal thing in our lifetime and mm-hmm. in history. But when you really stop and think about it, you're like, people are killing people to because s- they disagree. Yeah, to and see who's to c- right, and that's how they decide is by who dies more. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's why I'm <laughs> like, what? Like it seems so like obvious, but I when mean, you really break it down, it's really not cool. And we have like rules. For warfare. And like when like, it's okay to murder and not murder. And how is one way is fine and but the other is not. And and if you're like, yeah, we're, we're, and there's so much gray area with like, even right now in today's life with police mm-hmm. and justification of when it's okay to murder and not murder. Oh, it's an accident. That makes it not murder, but that person is still dead. Or even when people kill their abusers. Mm-hmm. And the concept of self-defense. Like, it's all very crazy to me. Yeah. Whoa. Sorry, my brain just no. went down, like, this weird <laughs> and rabbit I mean, hole. you could even go down further to, like, the death penalty. Because, yeah. like, killing you're still, killing. yeah. Or who can say. Like, who really has the absolute right and decision? Some would say God, right? Mm-hmm. Like, a higher power. But on a day-to-day but basis. It's a group of 12 of your peers or 14 or whatever it is. Right. 
Murder Yikes. and death is weird. It is super weird. But it's like made common in like certain ways or acceptable or... And that's why movies and history and everything all combine into one or so. Like it... That's why I like movies and stuff too because that mm. molds our culture and kind of lets you look at it from an okay, safe place. Mm. But really, you're also learning like what is considered acceptable, not acceptable. Crazy. Dang. Right? I, I really didn't... Yeah. This went deep. This went weird. It's <laughs> <laughs> what we like. Make love, not war. <laughs> Peace signs, everybody. Yeah. But... But also, like, re let's reestablish acceptability of murder. What? <laughs> like, let's accept it. No, reestablish what it means to oh. be like what is considered acceptable mm. murder. Right? Because by yeah. definition, murder is to kill another person. Yeah. On purpose. Yeah, and it's like we just had Memorial Day. Yeah. And it's just like how many people made the ultimate sacrifice? And we're knowing that they might be murdered. Mm-hmm. I don't, like when you think about like that, it takes it in a different place, I feel like. Yeah, because it's like if you like use another term, it's like not as... It's like, like more justifiable. Yeah, but it's like wise. no, they were murdered. Yeah, it's not like it was an there was an accident while assembling a ship, mm-hmm. you know, or something for us to get to a place. It's like an actual someone actually killed that person yeah. because of their own beliefs, mm-hmm. and they were trying to. Kill Stop. them, yeah. That other, possibly that other person for their own belief. I don't know. It's very crazy when you stop and think about mm-hmm. it. And again, not trying to oversimplify, but just no. saying this is what we do. But yeah, and that's the other part of it as being like the biggest military. This is another philosophical question of yeah. when are we supposed to intervene? Yeah, that's with a people's huge lives and other countries' problems. That's why I would never want to be the president because you have to like send people, you know, sometimes to their death. But is it helping? Is it, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Just more (laughs) deep Bigger questions. Oh, man. (laughs) Outside, uh, above our pay grade, but still worth asking. Mm -hmm. It's good to think about it. Yeah. And yeah, I mean. If you have thoughts, please tell us. Sure you do. Mm-hmm. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. But anywho's back to <laughs> the easy topic. <laughs> um, I just saw this one of the um citations was a book called Murder Most Rare, Colin, the Female Serial Killer. Ooh. So I mean, I didn't really look at it. But that would also be because I feel like for the most part we're talking about dudes mm-hmm. killing people because statistically it is more yes. males committing murder. But any of you investigation Discovery Channel fans out there, mm-hmm. 
There's a series called Deadly Women. Yep. And that and one does. Snapped. <laughs> yeah, and Snapped. The I like the Deadly Women. Mm-hmm. I think that's the right title. Sounds right. Um, they also do like historical ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of those. I always think of um, what's her face. The movie Monster. Oh, Eileen. Um, Wernos. Yes. Wernos. I haven't seen it. Mons- yeah, Charlize Theron plays her and she does an amazing job and it's insane. That's, I, a no, that's a, like, all, all, another old story. It's yeah, like, I was going to say, I don't know if I know that story. Yeah. We could do a female serial killer stories. Mm-hmm. And like always, this two. isn't always for you guys. Sometimes it's for <laughs> us, okay? So even if you know the story, that's awesome. Good for you. But we also want to talk about it. Yeah, man. Equality. Females can be serial killers too. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That was just dark humor. No, it's okay. <laughs> That's our humor. And if you're here, you already know that. So we don't need to apologize. If you know, you know. You know, you know. Mm-hmm. What is it? The like uh, I, Y, K, <laughs> I know if you. If you didn't know, now you know. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to figure out what you're saying. I'm like, are you telling me a code? <laughs> nope. Everyone, tell me a hashtag. Shh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great. But I mean, that's kind of my thing. Yes. Yeah. Nar nar. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, a lot of serial killers out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back in time. I would kind of like to have Kate Winkler Dawson's job. Like a historical yeah. crime researcher. Yeah, that would also be, I feel like to be on the forefront of those historical investigations too would be kind of scary because you're like discovering it as you go Mm -hmm. and then like who to tell. Yeah, or like the the person that she interviews, she was a female who did the um, like evaluations and interviews with the BTK Mm -hmm. um, killer. Well, I guess... You could say killer at the end. Bind, torture, kill. Um, And it was very interesting to hear her story because it's like face-to-face, like many conversations with him. Yeah. Kind of like, I mean, this this is very much like what Mindhunter Mm -hmm. is based on. When's that new season coming out? I know. I feel like it's soon, but not soon enough. I know. It's been a long time. (laughs) It has. It's that thing that I'm like excited and equally scared of. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see it, but I do. They, that's the background one. Oh. Is BT, well, I don't know if that's. That's right. That's right. Because they keep leading it's it not up really, to that. Well, it's kind of a spoiler, but not re- like if you know true crime, uh, like they don't s- say who it is, but they flash, they keep going back to Kansas City and that's mm-hmm. like obviously because yeah. he was active during that time. But I didn't realize how recent. It was that they ca- like actually caught him. Yeah. So I was like knowing that now because after listening to that episode, mm-hmm. I'm curious to see how they'll like intertwine that, play that oh. in that time because like the time frame of Mind Hunter. Yeah, is in the 80s. Yeah. Hmm. I was like, hmm. Or is it 80s or is it 70s? I thought it was. Well, but that's the thing. He was, you know. It goes back and forth. I don't know if spoil it, but. It's like was thirty years. Yeah. So insane. Mind blowing. Yeah. Mind hunter. 
Go check That's it out. It's a good it's show. Super good show. It's it's one of those shows, as my fiance says, makes them feel weird. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what not, they. That's not for. It's not for fun or necessarily entertainment. It's strictly for that weird little place in your head that you're morbidly curious and also wanting to live based mm-hmm. on the infor- like trying to learn to survive these things based on how scary they are. Yeah, um, I will say I had a funny conversation with my coworker because mm-hmm. he was asking me like what shows or like what podcasts you Uh-oh. listen to. I'm like, hmm, true crime. Um, but he was like, yeah, I can't really watch a lot of that. And he's like, I used to watch the SVU. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but it's not really a show you can just like go home and unwind too and i was no. like yeah it's not like you just like get your bowl of ice cream like ooh, can't wait for the you know <laughs> i mean i did do that <laughs> i mean i do as well <laughs> so, so we just, just like, like uh-huh, for sure you can't do like, that oh yeah no that's that's not i never just unwind <laughs> unwind the true crime <laughs> documentaries it's true though like why do we do this to ourselves like we <laughs> we, we talked about we, we yeah. do know why we do this we've talked about this several times but it's like we want to feel scared, kind of. I mean, I just, my fiance and I just finished, we listened. Oh my gosh, I have to tell you. What? How? What's wrong with me? I can't, I forgot to tell you this. <gasps> okay, so. Should we do an update? Sorry. No, <laughs> no it's I meant just, like a. Uh, it's like on the same okay. topic, so it's fine. I was say really quick. Sorry. No, no. Before I'm, I tell I'm, the story. This is a transition, so yes. I'm, I'm done. Okay, <laughs> fine. So, my fiance doesn't really listen to anything true crime related but we're from yet. yeah yet he'll he'll learn um well the, he ends okay we'll get there so we were on our way to do a road trip to go up north and we are from an area <laughs> in southern california that we listen to the dirty john podcast on our road trip because we actually are familiar and know the area that it's talked about. Have you ever listened to Dirty John? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we've actually, like, um, we know the area that they were kind of talking about. And so I was trying to tell him, like, this is a good podcast for you to listen to because you'll be like, what? I've, I've like, I know what that area is, blah, 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 that they were referencing. Um, so it's pretty insane. So he listened to it and we listened to, like, most of it on the way up. And he didn't actually know any of the story. So like, and he won't listen to podcasts that are true crime related usually, or he'll just like go to sleep. But I was like, this time let's listen. He's like, fine. So we're listening. He's like, wow, that's, that's crazy. We finally get to our hotel. We're checking in. If you guys don't know the story of Dirty John, the man's, it's a real story. And the man's name is John Meehan. Um, so we get to our hotel, we get there after hours. And so they told us like, oh, there'll be a lock, a lock box, like a list with a lockbox and your your room hotel room key will be in there because we won't be at the front desk waiting for you because it's late. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, understood. Finally get to the hotel. It's probably like 1230 at night. Um, no one's around. And it's kind of kind of like I'm spooky. scared of where this it's is kind of spooky, right? Like it's kind of yeah. creepy to get to a hotel when it's like yeah. nobody's in the mm-hmm. lobby. No one's anywhere. It's just a lockbox and your name and you have to find the key, whatever. So we get there, we're trying to be quiet, and we look at the code, like, it's a list of, it says, lists of guests arriving after closing by last name. So we're looking, we see ours next to it, last name, Meehan. I was like, are you are fucking you serious? kidding me? Yes. I took a picture because I couldn't believe it. Whoa. Meehan, last name, was on our check-in list, and we were just listening to John Meehan. I was like, <gasps> he's like, what? I'm like, look at this list, look at this list. He's like, what? And I'm like. 
Meehan, the show, the podcast. They're just listening to it. It's like, oh my God. What are the, like, that's the kind Dude. of coincidences I have in my life that I'm like, what? That's real creepy. So creepy. Was it him? We, we never kidding. saw the guy check in, so, or her. But I feel like that name's not super uncommon. Probably not. I mean, but there's got to be at least one other person. What are the, oh, yeah. What are the odds at the same time in the same place that's a way, way far from our home that'd be after we just listened to the podcast, see that? Very weird. That is very weird. Anyways, I thought that was the most wild thing ever. So then we get back from our trip. We're watching the Dirty John series mm, on yeah, I haven't Netflix. Seen that one. I haven't watched. We skipped the first season because we just listened to the podcast. Yeah, and so it's based it on each that. one is different. So season one is the story of John Meehan mm-hmm. and the women. Bob, I don't want to spoil things, yeah. so you get it. Um, and then season two is a different. It's called the Dirty John like series, but season two is about Betty Broderick, and that story is insane as well. And she's not a. The point being, it's about a female who is violent, and mm. I don't want to spoil anything, so I'll leave it at that. But that one's true. It's also a true story. They say it's everything, like that some things have been dramatized, you know. That's the other question I was going to ask. Is the show a documentary or is drama? I think it's kind of like the OJ show. Oh, or it's like, like acting it's, it. It's actors acting it out. But it's based on the real story. Got it. So she's a real person. I haven't actually looked her up or told her story, but that's part of Ooh, that series. I'll have to watch. Yeah, it's really good. Even my fiance was like, "The show is really well written." Mm. And it's always good too, because like even if you know a story, yeah. it's always interesting to see how it's put into production. And I've kind of taught him about cinematography and appreciating the lighting and the <laughs> acting. And he's like, "So now he's like, wow, like that's really good acting." And I'm like, "I know, right?" So now he at least <laughs> stops talking and actually appreciates it. Dang. I'm like, I'm so proud of you. Nice. Molding you to appreciate true crime and acting and all those things. So, mm-hmm. not a, you know what I mean? Yeah. <sighs> nice. I feel bad because I'm about to tell you a long story and I just talked for quite That's some okay. time. I have like one podcast recommendation. Tell us. Not, well, it's kind of similar, but it's from the New York Times called Day X. Ooh. There's only a couple episodes because it's new, but I'm very interested in it. Basically, it is the story about uh, the German military and whether or not there is like a secret group within that that is kind of like right wing, like neo Nazis, but like re- like real, like today's like age because they're from Germany, uh-huh. um, like planning um, like attacks on like the government and stuff. Because they've found one person that's on trial. But at least in the time period that I've listened or like how they've explained the story, the person actually reporting it was like part of it in terms of like this dude was targeting like journalists and like, quote, like liberal people of the government and Mm -hmm. stuff. And he was released at some point and like the police didn't tell her. But, like, he was around, like, this conference or something she was at. Oh. And it's kind of creepy. And so it's just kind of, like, the story about this dude. And then I think the bigger picture of, like, is there this, like, secret group? Is and it modern? Like, yeah. It's supposed it's like, to be happening, like, it's today. today. Yeah. <sighs> because I, 
they Germany has also been accepting a lot of immigrants from like the Middle East and specifically Syria because of the civil war in Syria. Mm-hmm. Um, so what this dude and supposedly others are trying to, well, their goal was to kill the people of government and journalists and then make it look like it was the refugees Oh, because they don't want them yeah. there. Oh gosh. So yikes. But I think that's, I, I mean, podcast is about that. Yeah. It's Day very X. interesting. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's really scary slash dangerous to report on something that's happening in real time. Well, I mean, it might be like a f- couple years. No, but still. But I mean, it's like modern times. <laughs> okay. But like it's already happened or like suspecting maybe. I haven't looked into it more. Sorry, I I'm like all Oh, questions. no, it's okay. I didn't want to spoil it, but yeah. I think it may be like a few years ago. Okay. Or like leading up to maybe like within the last decade. Got it. Okay. I yeah. was going to say it's really, I feel like I'd be scared for the reporters to be talking Mm -hmm. or like the podcasters to be talking about something that could be actively happening yeah i think it's it could be because one of the people they interview was like someone either in the military or former um who was a part of this like group before it like took a turn because at first it was just like like military people who were like kind of like anti-immigration immigration and like that borderline of like nationalism of Mm -hmm. like protect Germany, but like weren't actually plotting on killing people. And Mm -hmm. then he got out of it when they were, he was like, Oh shit. Like mm, I'm not about this. Yeah. But they like, he was so afraid of being like found out about like talking to the reporters that he meets them in his car, like in between his meetings and only, um, only the re- interpreter speaks. So, like, you don't even hear him talk. Got it. Like, for safety. Like, doesn't want his, like, to stay anonymous. Mm-hmm. Yikes. So. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. I think you would like it. Yeah. Sounds like I would, based on all the questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Fair warning. This may turn into a part two episode, I feel like, because this story is so long. And I tried to, you know, when you read a story and you're like, I got to shorten it. But you're like, you can't shorten it because Mm -hmm. then it's not the story. Mm -hmm. So that's this story. So fair warning. If you'd like to take a pause in the episode, (laughs) come back maybe next week if we decide to break it up. Now is the time. Let's see. I thought I had my place and then I lost it. Hey, we just wanted to let you know how much we appreciate your support. If you are enjoying the podcast and want to support us, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcast, leave a review, and subscribe to our podcast. Every rating and review helps us grow our podcast and grow our community. Thanks again. Hey friend, we want you to be part of our podcast. Share a story, topic idea, or a question you'd like us to answer, and we'll feature you on the podcast. Send it to us at you're not paranoid at gmail.com or over on Instagram at you're not paranoid and we'll share it on the show. Want to hear your own voice on the episode? Now you can leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash YNP. 
our pod is your pod. Now back to the good stuff. All right, here it is. There we go. <laughs> so it's like lately I've been writing in my um, sketchbook mm-hmm. because it's easier, uh, quote unquote easier, because mm-hmm. there's no lines. And I found out I don't like lines on books and mm. notebooks. I like to be able to just write. Um, but also I lose track because there's no page numbers. So I'm like, which way am I going? Am I forwards or backwards? Uh, so it's a little tricky. Conundrums. But, yeah, conundrums. <laughs> this takes place August through November 2016. I'm just going to start over to keep myself on, get myself on this roll. Happened over a period of four months. The serial killer's name is 20-year-old. His name is not 20-year-old, <laughs> but he is a 20-year-old man. His name is Khalil Wheeler Weaver. He murdered three women and tried to attempt a fourth but actually it went well you'll see you'll hear um so background on khalil himself he grew up in orange new jersey and he's always been known as kind of a nerd he didn't stand out was how he was described which is pretty hmm. shitty um i would say if you're I ever mean, described i mean and just about from our last episode yeah maybe he didn't like not standing that. out yeah or being told that Right. Um, so he typically growing up, he typically wore like plaid shirts, which were tucked into his khakis and he wore white Nikes. <laughs> Basically, he looked like, like dad. dad. <laughs> yeah. Like, looked like, looked like a dad, but like in his teens, you know, mm-hmm. um, he never had girlfriends unsurprisingly didn't play sports and it's oh, not very fair. Yeah. You can be a nerd <laughs> yeah. and not be a serial killer. Let's be real and have girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't play sports rarely partied and his friends would describe him as funny which basically makes like the funny like nice sad guy. yeah or i is, mean it is sad it was still his choice correct no we but, we know that but we're just saying it's makes it more surprising probably yeah or like the um like the idea of who is it wasn't like the creepy dude yeah. who like drank a lot and did drugs and mm-hmm. you know listen to heavy metal it mm-hmm. was like the normal funny nerd that no one would expect and didn't stand out and was kind of always there. Mm-hmm. Which probably makes him even scarier in that regard. I would think so. His stepfather um, was a police detective and his uncle was a retired detective. So he kind of had it um, in his head that he wanted to be a police officer um, as well. In his late teens, he started DJing parties and he bought a silver beamer and became a security guard. With the hopes of becoming a police officer, mm-hmm. like his um, stepfather and father. Um, but that never happened. Because mm. August 31st, 2016, he murdered his first victim named Robin West. Um, and then I'll just say real quick before we continue. Um, the article I got this from is a very like very cool website called I'm going to tell you later because it's deep in my notes and I don't want to lose my <laughs> okay. place. Um, but essentially it's, it's a really good article and definitely worth reading because it goes into each woman's background and mm. who they are pre before becoming his victim. So they're not just, like they're not the just vic- the number. They're yeah. not just the name. They're not just a victim. Like it basically and how they got to where they are in this point in time. When they were murdered, essentially, because um, essentially all of these women are sex workers. Mm-hmm. And so it it makes them it humanizes them because there's that stigma in the community. And, among, you know, when 
even in true crime and like the police investigation stuff, it's like, oh, well, it's a high risk job. Yeah. Oh, so, so it has that like horrible undertone of like they had it coming. Yeah, that's mi- it's so is, annoying. So I'm going to tell I'm only going to talk about the facts. But what I'm saying is there is more to the story and I highly recommend going into that. But for the sake of our time, I'm kind of just covering the broad strokes in that regard. But each woman, you know, was you know, they're ha- they were, had tr- difficult childhood or they're stubborn and like good musicians or went to college and then didn't work out. And then they, you know, mm-hmm. basically started doing sex work to make side money. So stuff like that. But there's more to it than just, oh, they were a murdered sex worker because mm-hmm. that's not the story. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, okay. So the first victim was Robin West murdered on August 31st, 2016. Not that long ago, less than five years ago. Um, she was on a trip with her friend and was on the way, um, da, 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 on the way, um, to their, like on basically in route for their trip, they ran out of money. And so they decided to do some work as sex workers. Um, they're both also exotic dancers. And at this time, um, they just went ahead and, you know, stopped somewhere and decided, okay, let's just go ahead and make some side money. We don't have a place to sleep. We need to do what we need to do. And so a car drives up. It was a silver sedan, and he picks Robin up, um, you know, for her service. And the friend actually wrote his license plate number down in her phone and told him to be careful with my sister because I love her. Mm. Uh, So the phone, his phone records show that he actually drove out to an abandoned house, which is about two miles from his home. And he spent an hour there and left at 1.27 a.m. Mm. About 27 minutes later, a neighbor calls 911 because the house is suddenly on fire. The phone records show that he drove a few minutes away after show, having been at the house, drives past his house, and then circles back and watches the fire burn. No. Yes. When the fire was eventually put out, they end up finding a body. The next day, Robin's friend reports her missing, and she goes to the police and gives the man's license plate number. Two weeks later, after the fire, dental records confirmed because bo- her body was burned so badly, mm-hmm. they had to use dental records to confirm that it was Robin who was found in the home, in the abandoned home. That's how far her story goes. And you would think you have the freaking license plate number. Mm-hmm. But no. Like, that should that should be the end of the story. That should be the end of the story, but it's not. That's frustrating. So um, the next victim is Joanne Brown, and she ended up crossing paths with the killer when she, she also worked as an exotic dancer and a sex worker. And um, her friends, she, she was one where her friends were always worried about her, and it wasn't really the way that they kind of described it. It doesn't really seem like it was her personality to do this kind of work. And so mm-hmm. they were kind of like, do you have to do this kind of work? You know? Um, mm-hmm. And just, she was said that that's the only way that she felt she could make money. And so basically they were always kind of like wanted, you know, keep an eye on her, keep track of her, make sure she's okay. Um, Cause she's, you know, going with strangers. And so they mm-hmm. worried like normal friends would, They're just like the other friend writing down the license mm-hmm. plate number, you know? And, um, so on October 22nd, 2016, um, mm, mm, mm. oh, and then also, sh- you know, 
in her life, she also, you know, used drugs. And so she was taking steps to do, you know, going to drug counseling or, you know, counseling for drug use and all these things. But in the meantime, she's like, well, I need to make ends meet. So that's essentially what she told her friends. Um, so then, yeah, the night of October 22nd, 2016 in Newark, New Jersey, um, a client drove up and, um, you know, saw Joanne and picked her out. Usually when she left, she'd call one of her friends um, to let them know like where they're going and what time to expect her back. Again, trying mm-hmm. to be safe. And but this time um, another friend was like, hey, I need to use your phone to call someone. She said, fine, use it. She left with the man. Mm. And when she got in the car, she asked the client to use his phone. And he said, sure. Uh-huh. So she uses <laughs> Right. Okay. So she's still like, it's very normal, right? Like, mm-hmm. hey, can I use your phone real quick? I need to call my friend. So she calls her friend and um, then at the end of their drive, they end up at an abandoned house. The cell phone records show that he was actually at the house for 20 minutes prior to picking her up hmm. and um, that he then left the house at, or no, they were actually at the house. Uh, all of this, all of these records are from his phone records and like mm. the cell phone towers being pinged. Mm-hmm. So that's like a huge part of, you know, modern technology, thank goodness for this particular story. So when I say phone records, like that's why. Um, so they're at the house for, from one thirty p.m. to 3.03 p.m. And during this time, this is going to be very graphic, so this is definitely explicit, you know, listener discretion is advised. Um, He actually ended up wrapping her face in duct tape from her eyes down to her mouth and strangled her with a jacket. He left her body on the landing of the stairs of the house, and um, his drive home was only two minutes away. And when he actually got home, he called the last outgoing number, which ended up being the friend. And Joanne's code name, like for, you know, her sex work was London. So the friend answers that, hey, is this London? Because she had called her earlier. And the guy didn't answer, didn't respond or anything. No one on the other line. Even though he was the one who called mm-hmm. the last number. So now they have a license plate and a phone number. Correct. Her friend called the number back several times, but he didn't answer again. And so she went to the police and reported Joanne missing. Her friend told him, her friend told the police that um, every single night or every single day, Joanne would call her and touch base, make sure she knows she's okay. Um, And she just knew, quote, that this time something wasn't right. Seven weeks later, um, on December 5th, 2016, Construction workers went out to that abandoned house because the homeowner wanted to do some home renovations, and that was when they found her body. And they actually thought that she was sleeping. They didn't like mm. from a distance. They didn't know that she had actually had been murdered. All right, so now we're gonna go back in time for a minute to April tenth, twenty sixteen. So a little bit earlier that year. This is about a woman named Tiffany Taylor, and she actually knew Khalil Wheeler Weaver. And he, at this time, is 20 years old, and she's 33. Um, They knew each other through mutual friends, and he knew that she was a sex worker, and he became obsessed with that. He, like, wanted to have sex with her. He's like, I'll pay you, I'll pay you. They would, um, the article would say that, you know, she would be over at a friend's house, and he was there, too, and she'd, like, kick his butt in, like, video games and stuff. And he's like, come on, like, let's just do it. And she's like, no, like, you're you're so young, like, no, thank you, kind of thing. Like, didn't take Mm -hmm. him seriously. Um... 
And then let's see here. Oh, and like I said, she didn't want to because he had mutual friends and he's so young. But um, and she actually wanted to stop working as a sex worker. She said, quote, I just got so tired of men wanting sex for me all the time and looking at me like I was a sex object. So I started taking their money or so she would basically like steal from them <laughs> um, or say like, hey, like yeah. pay me up front and then just be like, bye, because she was just sick of it. But she still mm-hmm. needed to make money. Um, and so she said eventually she said that, yeah, you know, fine, Khalil. I'll sleep with you. But her plan was to never sleep with him. It was just, again, to steal her, to steal his money. And so um, she, let's see here. So now we're, so this is April 10th, 2016, like I mentioned earlier. Um, he told her to come to his house to pick him up and that, um, or go meet him at his house to have sex and to pay $200 up front. Um and that they would go to his room. So she meets him at the house. He gives her $200. She says, oh, I forgot the condoms in the car. Like, give me a second. She never comes back. She leaves. And so at this time, um, you know, over the course of the next few months, she picks up another side hustle. Or not another, but picks up a side hustle um, where this guy lets her borrow a car, like his car if she goes and picks up drugs for him and brings it back to the hotel or motel um, where he's staying. Okay, so during this time, um, she keeps getting texts from a number that she doesn't know, like so much so she changes her number. Jeez. But then gets more texts. And all the texts are trying to say that they want sex and, you know, it's like basically pressuring her to have sex for money from them and um that they want to meet her and so on november uh, 5th 2016 she agrees and again her plan is to steal their money and just you know meet up kind of thing and um just like she had done to khalil the last time and so he meets she decides to she says okay come meet me at the motel and then um what was it? Da, 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 da. Yeah, meet at the motel because she has the car that she borrows mm-hmm. from her friend. And then um, they'll leave with the car and go somewhere. So it was 7.51 p.m. And the stranger shows up wearing black gloves, a ski mask, a, you know, a hat, <laughs> and then a black sweatshirt with their head up. And um, she's a, like, basically that's how people would dress like when it's snowing. So it wasn't like... Yeah, super uncommon so kind of creepy i would super think. creepy but she's she didn't like that wasn't like oh my god a huge mm-hmm. red flag because people like dress like that mm-hmm. um which you know kind of goes to show too like it's but she said it was only i think they described the weather is only like 50 degrees out so it was kind of overkill yeah. for that's not a great description <laughs> it was kind of over the top for dressing wise mm-hmm. obviously you know hindsight's 2020 they're concealing their mm-hmm. their uh identity so then, um, mm, mm, mm. so he gave her the $80 up front and she drove them, you know, in the car to whatever location they're supposed to go to on the way there. Um, he's like, Hey, I have to go to the bathroom. Can you pull over? She pulls over and she loses consciousness when she wakes up. She's in the back seat. Her head is in severe pain. 
Um, she's trying to figure out, like, did I get hit in the head? Did he slip me a date rape drug? Like, what happened? And at this point, you know, she's being raped and he's choking her. She can't breathe. And she thought at that point, like, she's going to die. And um, he ends up, when she, he realizes she's uh, regained consciousness, he takes off his mask and he says, don't you remember me? You took my money. And it's Khalil Billa Weaver. And she pleads for her life and she said, you know, tell us on that she's pregnant, which at this time she is. She's four months pregnant. She has one child at home. And he says, yeah, I know. Uh, Which that's how she was like, yeah, he doesn't care. He's going to kill me. Um, But she she knows him mm -hmm. and she knows how young he is and everything. So she decides I'm just going to keep talking to him and see if I can, you know, do something about this. So she keeps talking, and um, the duct tape had kind of came loose off her mouth. He also duct taped her mouth, and he had her handcuffed. Mm -hmm. So the duct tape was a little bit loose, and so she was trying to talk under it, um, and he could hear her just enough, and she asked if he could loosen the handcuffs a little bit because they're really hurting her hands, Um, and he did. He loosened one of them a little bit. And she said that at this point, she knew that she'd be able to manipulate him because if he was just willing to just do that mm-hmm. right off the bat, she's like, I can work with this. Um, so she kept saying, um, you know, hey, like your phone, like my phone has records of our conversations and like your texting and stuff. And but it's back at the motel. Like if you want to get rid of that evidence, like we're going to have to go get it. Mm. And um, it has your Facebook account, has your name, you know, but we're going to have to go get it, you know, so that. Basically, like, we need to drive back there. And he agrees, and he lets go of her neck. Like, yeah, you're right. We need to go get it. And then he sits there pitifully and starts acting like he's the victim and says, Mm. quote, nobody wants me. Nobody likes me. Um, Why do I have to pay for for a girl to show me attention? Mm, You're killing people. Right. (laughs) Not paying for sex. So they drive back to the motel to get her phone because he agrees that this is evidence he needs to get rid of. She was in the back seat and she, in her mind, she's trying to figure out what she wants, like what she's going to do because she's a survivor. She needs to survive this. She's pregnant. She has a kid at home. Um, and so because he had loosened one of the handcuffs, it said that she was double jointed. She was able to like slip her thumb out of one Ooh. of them. And so pull her one of her hands out. Dang. And she had made up her mind that if when they get back to the motel, if he just keeps driving past it, she's going to reach over his neck and just choke him with it, which is probably going to kill both mm-hmm. him and her and her baby. Yeah. But at least she won't be murdered by him. And he probably won't be able get to get away with yeah. it. Yeah. So at least she'll stop what's going on. Um, but, um, they pull up to the motel and he stops. And so he, he says, okay, um, you know, put, she, at this point she slips her hand back into the handcuffs cause she doesn't want him mm. to know that she took her hand out. Right. And he lets her out and he puts a jacket over her to conceal the handcuffs and says, um, okay, you walk ahead. I'll walk like a couple steps behind you. That way people know people aren't suspicious and notice anything. And, um, she's like, okay, I'll, I'll get the phone. And so they go up and she knocks on the door in the motel where the person uh, mm-hmm. she's, you know, visiting is the person that stays there is the person who lends her the car to go get drugs usually. So she knew if she knocks, they'll answer right away because mm-hmm. they're eager for yeah. drugs. They, you know, they're expecting her. 
So um, the person opens, she knocks, the person opens the door, she rushes in. Deadbolt locks behind her. And mm. he basically, um, Khalil's like yelling at her and she opens the curtain and she holds up one handcuff on her hand showing that she slipped her hand out. Which like reading that like gave me yeah. the chills. I'm like, hell yeah. And then, um, and then at this point he runs and, well, my writing's bad. <laughs> she, so he runs away, but she doesn't want him to get away with this, right? So mm-hmm. she, she has her phone at this point and she wants him to, um, get caught. And so she texts him and she says, Hey, you have the keys to the car that we were just driving. Like, this isn't my car. You need like the person who owns the cars here. You need to bring the keys back. Like I swear, like I won't call the police, but you need the keys. And, um, her, so she, she's like, I won't call the police. Just like, you know, bring the keys back. So at least like you're not caught with them. And like my friend can have the keys. And so, cause at this point he still knows her. So she like, they know, like, I think he thinks like, Oh, like we're like, we're cool now. Yeah. <laughs> Asshole kind of thing. And so um, he actually comes back, brings the keys, leaves them. And the hotel security camera is capturing all this. He drops the keys at the stairs and he runs. He had She had called the police. So at this point, about 928, the police actually get there. But he hid and he's watching from the mm. side as the police are looking for him. The phone records show that about 10 minutes after he leaves and goes home. So the police are there and she's like, you're not going to believe what freaking happened. She's telling her story and how she escaped him. And she knows his name. She has his information, Mm -hmm. his contact information. She has his phone. But they don't believe her. Of course not. And they actually threaten to arrest her. While she's standing (sighs) there telling her horrific story. She has a handcuff on that's one hand still. That's still really freaking tight. And they refuse to take it off of her for over an hour. And finally they take it off. But they don't believe her. So they leave. Tiffany said that the police treated her like trash. Seven days later, Khalil found his next victim. Sarah Butler. She had recently graduated college and was bartending at a country club. Um, her background is a little bit f- in terms of like the details of where she was at this point was a little bit fuzzy in terms of timing. Um, she, I think it said that she was married and she had kids and then she was looking to make ends meet, you know, just struggling, trying to like move to a new town, wasn't really having trouble making friends, that kind of thing. And so she joined, um, a social media account called or platform called tagged, which is for people for seeking companionship, which I think means like dating. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Someone actually reached out to her on the app, and the screen name was Little Yacht Rock. Stupid (laughs) name. And asking if she would have sex for money. And she said, she was like trying to, like, how much? She's like, well, how much will you pay me? Or like, they they asked, like, how much do you want? She's like, well, $500, you -hmm. know. And, um, but she was feeling really hesitant because that wasn't what she did. But she, you know, um, just wanted to make, I mean, that's, she wanted to make extra money and she messages him saying, quote, you're not a serial killer, right? LMAO. Mm. And he replies, no. So she agrees to meet, but the last minute she hesitates and just doesn't show up and stands him up. And she was super nervous. And then she messages him saying, I felt like an ass, but your voice and your pick didn't match up. 
And he said, I'm a really cool guy once you get to know me. Okay. So November 22nd, 2016, um, she decides to meet him and she borrows a minivan from a friend, or actually it was from a relative. And he sends her an ad- uh, a text in terms of where to pick him up. And so she goes to the address and picks him up. The address that she picked him up was the same house, that ab- same abandoned house where he had murdered Joanne Brown. And at this time, her body was still in the house. Mm. So he was meeting Sarah Butler outside. Joanne's murdered body was inside the same location at the same time. So on the way to a different location where they were, you know, um, going to have sex, they stop at a 7-Eleven and he picks up um, condoms and he's actually wearing the same outfit with the black face mask, black hood, mm. black, all, you know, black gloves um, as he had met with Tiffany and the 7-Eleven um, surveillance camera captures all this of him picking it up and whatnot and his time and place and location. And um, they get to kind of like a, like a park area. I think they described it as like a place where there could be like wedding venues. It kind of overlooks like a really beautiful scene into the city. But this is where he murdered her. And he... Um, dragged her body behind a trailer and around her, let's see. They described this particular murder as being very messy. Like he wasn't very careful in terms of how he was trying to conceal anything. Um, You know, he was stepping through the mud with his shoe prints Hmm. and he tied his own sweatpants around her throat, which I believe is how he murdered her. And then he had put tape like his other thing was to put tape over their face. But, um, when he like ripped the tape off, I guess one of, of her head, she, um, had like a red weave in her hair. And mm-hmm. so one of those, one of the, like some of her red hair came off and was on the tape mm-hmm. and he ended up taking the van back and that tape was still like left it in the van mm-hmm. basically. Um, he then tried to cover up like with leaves and twigs, but her feet were still showing. Sarah's friends and family were super concerned when she didn't come home that night. Because I don't think that she told them what she was doing, mm. just that she was borrowing the van. And so it was like very, un, you know, not normal for her just yeah. not to come home. And she has kids. Three days later, um, one of her friends spots the minivan four miles from their home, which was only six blocks from Khalil's home. Jeez. The cops came and the friends arrived both at the scene um, when they opened the van, they immediately saw her, the piece of her red weave and were just absolutely panicked. Cause like, this is not like, that's horrible sign. Yeah. And they're really scared. Um, and so they're like, we need to figure out what's going on. The police are like, Oh, we don't know anything yet. Like, this is just, you know, we don't know what happened. And they're like, no, something's not right. So they do their own investigating. They drive to Sarah's house and they get on her laptop and they're like, we need to look for clues. Like, what was she doing? Who is she talking to? Like, what's going on? Where, where could she have gone? kind of thing because they don't have her phone and so they're looking through her laptop and they look through facebook and their email and they found messages on that tagged um, website from little yacht rock and um you know they see the thing about making you know about meeting up to make money and whatnot and so they decide they're they go ahead and make a fake account on the website and because the timing matched up of when they would when she'd be meeting him Mm -hmm. and so they um 
make a fake account and they like, I think it's like they like his page or something. Eventually they get him messaging them, which then leads to him trusting enough to actually call them to schedule a meetup, um, similar to what he, they had, he had done with Sarah. Mm -hmm. And so they say, okay, this is where we're going to meet up. And they have police involved at this point as well. And so the detectives are like, okay, we'll tell him where to meet and then we'll be there instead of you guys. That way you're kept safe and out of harm's way. Kind of like a little stakeout. Mm-hmm. So um, the detectives are inside and he arrives and he meets them face to face and they ask him, what's your name? What's going on? And he's like, um, you know, my name's Khalil Wheel of Weaver. I'm supposed to be meeting whatever. And um, after conversation, the police let him go. The women are like, what the hell? What are you doing? Why? Like, this is the guy. We know this is the guy. They're like, well, we don't have any body. We don't have any evidence of a crime. Just a found van. Mm-hmm. And there's like, the, like he's has nothing, like, nothing about him is suspicious. He's not a suspect. Because remember, this is a guy that looks yeah. ner- like nerdy, you know, nice guy, whatever. And so the police actually keep the investigation ongoing um, and they ended up being able to track her phone, which then led her to led them to her body on December 1st, 2016. Five days after that, they finally arrested him. Throughout the investigation um, and interrogations, it was actually, like I mentioned earlier, his phone record showed where he had been and like the timing of everything because when he was with the police and doing, you know, investigations and whatnot, he, he confirmed that he had met up with these women, hmm. but he said that he, I swear, I love, you know, he left them alive and well, Of course, like, yes, we did these things, but they were alive and well. And, um, basically all his like, um, What's the, what do you call alibis mm-hmm. did not match his phone records. So it was the phone mm-hmm. records that sealed the timing. Like that you're lying. That's how we know you're lying. And you're the last one seen with these women. So yeah. And then they just all happen to be murdered. Like, okay. Yeah. So they also went through his search history, which in on this website, it's kind of like gives you the chills. Cause like they have like all the texts, like the, um, like Google search history from his phone, which included, you know, different ways to kill people. With bleach. Finally, finally, the trial happens and it's um, a nine week long trial, not until 2019. Wow. And Tiffany Taylor had to do, had to testify for an entire day, like like a full day of testimony, having to relive the entire thing and, you know, um, tell the story about how, and the, um, the prosecutors were sure to highlight how terrible the police treated her and how wrong it was and how this could have been stopped so much sooner mm-hmm. had, you know, they taken people seriously from the very beginning. And um, her testimony combined with all the friends and family, like working together and trying to be, you know, protective and giving all the evidence are what sealed his fate. And, um, on December 19th, 2019, three years after his last victim, 
He was found guilty of 11 felonies, including murder, attempted murder, kidnapping, and assault, uh, excuse me, aggravated arson. And each murder that he committed um, counted for a life in prison. So mm-hmm. he is not getting out. And the crazy thing, I don't know why I'm getting all emotional. <laughs> it's like super sad. Um, and I'm PMSing, so that doesn't help. <laughs> um, so this story, I found it finally, it's from NewJersey.com. And in the article that says that the evidence for this whole story came from 45 witnesses at the trial. Whoa. Um, like I said, which lasted nine weeks long. Dang. And that's the story. I feel like I didn't breathe the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> totally, yeah, totally awful. horrible and insane. Yeah. It's, yeah. It sucks when people aren't listened to. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say at the beginning, how it was like three people murdered and one wasn't, but that's not necessarily the order that it happened yeah. in, which then leads to one more. So it's like that same thing of like, fuck, like, what do we need to say to police that would get them to listen or understand or not let their own judgments of sex worker or something mm-hmm. like this be clouding their ability to believe them? Yeah. I mean, I would think just from a logical standpoint, a sex worker, because prostitution's illegal, mm-hmm. wouldn't want to come forward in fear exactly. of not being able to work. So wouldn't that be more justification to then believe them? Mm-hmm. At that point, that they're risking their own livelihood. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's so backwards to me. Yeah. <sighs> so backwards, but yeah. It's that story, and it's totally insane how everybody, like, worked together. And, I mean, 45 witnesses. That's a lot that's of a people lot. who were all involved. And the, the article has, like, pictures of everyone's family and, like, what they're, you know, how they contributed and all that. So, yeah, it's crazy that it took that many people when it could have theoretically been solved. I mean, it's easier said than done, but I feel like having a license plate is, um, very good evidence. Yeah. And these weren't all geographically far from each other. That's what I was going to say too. Like he was doing this all like in his like vicinity. Yeah. Within not that, not that far from his house. I think they said at most like maybe 20 minutes or something like that. Mm -hmm. So just goes to show too, like we, of course we don't know his entire upbringing, but he was raised by, yeah, you know, detectives. It's like, maybe it's that like power thing of like hating women because he was rejected by them or something. Yeah. And that made me nervous too because I was reading the article further and it was like he also had a different screen name that he used on the app. So it's Mm. like how do we know there's not more women also Mm -hmm. affected? Yeah. Because, I mean, the Tiffany Taylor one, it sounded like it was like a revenge thing. Yeah. But the other women were doing their job Mm -hmm. and said yes. And obviously we don't know the details nor would I trust what he says. But this, it's like, no, you're a freaking murderer. Like, this yeah. is what you're doing. You, it's just like frustrating and so sad for these families. So, yeah. He is gone, locked up forever. And I prayed that the heavens 
higher powers that he never ever gets out because it doesn't sound like he'll stop. And that was only a four month period. Yeah. 20 years old. That's still a, that's, yeah, still, no, a, that's... that's still a kid in my eyes. Mm-hmm. No excuse. Like he's an adult legally, obviously, but yeah. Had he not been caught, there's no saying how long he would have gone on for. So, and that's the Yikes. story. Sorry. That was a long one. That's okay. <laughs> but anyways well thanks for listening sorry to put you in a weird mood but these are the stories that we share sometimes so and they're real and they're important and we have to talk about them in hopes of having a safer future and also enlightening the fact that people need to be believed Mm -hmm. and it's horrible yeah your profession doesn't make you a liar or, or deserve tell- something yeah, yeah. or because you look a certain way you're in either capable of killing and in either regard yeah. because they believed him and didn't believe mm-hmm. them like appearance isn't everything yeah just your gut all that yeah and i mean there's other stories of like serial killers getting away with killing sex workers because no one cared but it's like they were fortunate to have like friends and family who cared and yeah, kept track. I mean, otherwise, how long? Yeah, yeah, how long would the case go unsolved? Yeah, and that just goes to show too. Like, I mean, it's horrible that they were murdered, of course, but they still like their case was able to be solved because they kept in touch with their families, mm-hmm. and so that doesn't change. I mean, hopefully, our fates don't end up like that. But at the end of the day. Keep let someone know what's going on no matter what. No matter if you're ashamed or that's what you do or because that one, like the other girl, she, um, her friends looked into it for her, but still like that just goes to show she has good friends Mm -hmm. (laughs) too. So no matter what, (laughs) if you're not sure who to tell, text (laughs) Katie and I. (laughs) Yeah. We want to know that you're okay. Mm -hmm. So. Anyways, well, thank you for listening. Yes, thank you. And have a hopefully less <laughs> dark day mm-hmm. see you next week see ya hey we just wanted to let you know how much we appreciate your support if you are enjoying the podcast and want to support us give us a five-star rating on apple podcast leave a review and subscribe to our podcast every rating and review helps us grow our podcast and grow our community Thanks again.